0: We take a single episode of a science fiction TV series and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. This is the Fusion Patrol podcast. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene, and I'm Red Eye. <laughs> I'm gonna run Ben. It. I might run I'm that ben. through the synthesizer. <laughs> Yeah, really. Uh, And tonight we are looking at the Battlestar Galactica episode, The Lost Warrior. That's story number three. And this is only a (sighs) one-parter. Yay. (laughs) Yay. Apollo, all alone on patrol number three, is being pursued by Cylons. He calls desperately for help. As he is outgunned and alone his calls for help are heard by the galactica where adama chooses to do nothing he realizes that apollo is leading the cylons away from the fleet at the cost of his own life Apollo survives his encounter with the Cylons and is successful in sending them the wrong way, but he is out of fuel and manages to land on the planet Equalis, a backwater agrarian society of humans with seemingly no spacefaring technology. Apollo befriends a young boy, Pupus, and his mother, Vela, a widow who was married to another colonial warrior that crashed on the planet years ago. Or yarns. Yarns. Her husband was gunned down by Red Eye, a mysterious and in the employ of local crime boss, Sidney Greenstreet, sorry, Lacerda. <laughs> Red Eye is, it turns out, a Cylon that also crashed on this planet. Damaged in the crash, he has forgotten what he is and has imprinted on Lacerta like a little ducky as his imperious leader. None of the weapons on Aquellus can penetrate Red Eye's armor. None except Apollo's sidearm. Back on the Galactica, Starbuck and Boomer take care of Boxy while trying to hide the fact that his new father is never coming home again. Determined to save Boxy's dad, Starbuck, and Boomer enlist Colonel Ty to talk some sense into the pig-headed Adama and send out a patrol to look for Apollo. Back on Aquelus. it all comes down to an old West shootout. Mano e robato. Apollo wins. Lacerta, his grip on the town lost, runs, and Boopus's mom tells Apollo where he can find her husband's wrecked ship. It may have enough fuel to get him home. It does, and luckily Starbuck and Boomer are there to greet him. All right, uh, what's your take on The Lost Warrior,
1: Ben? Well, a couple of things. One, um, after all this nice little bit of universe building that we got going on with the pilot episode or three-parter, whatever you want to call it. And then with the, the two-parter we had last time, and now we just have this. I mean, this is like minimalism at its finest. And so there's that. So it kind of feels like a bit of a weird letdown. Well, I think and- this—oh, go ahead. And 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 the other thing is, why is it always freaking nighttime on that planet? (laughs) I've got that listed on my thing. You know, as I think we
0: mentioned, they they went from miniseries to series, and the writers were caught flat-footed. And this is a flat-footed episode, a little bit Shane, um, a little bit, you know, bog-standard Western. Um, It just, it it shows a a remarkable lack of imagination. It has no imagination.
1: Oh, totally no imagination. I mean, everybody's like a freaking caricature
0: and um yeah, so yes it 's always dark on the planet, and it 's funny we 're going to have to pay attention to this uh, as we go through on Galactica, but um I seem to recall that there are an awful lot of planets that don 't have daylight in this hmm. series,
1: and yet that 's location shooting, yeah, yeah, maybe because i it 've actually been i 've actually been by there, uh, I remember years ago, um, long, long time ago when when Galactica was in production. Uh, family, we took a vacation to Southern Cal, and it was our very first time going to Universal Studios. Mm-hmm. And part of the backstage tram tour took you to that very cabin where Pumice and his mother lived. Oh, well, that's interesting. Yeah. I was on that tour not long ago. They don't go there anymore. No, not anymore. But they did then. And they made a big deal about, it. yeah, we filmed an episode of Battlestar Galactica here. And I looked and I went, yep, I recognize it.
0: I've seen that cabin in other things. Yeah. It's... It's... um uh, fairly, but yeah, it's weird. Maybe they just were so booked up that they didn't have time to shoot during the day. Oh, well, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Or you know, they could be going for an effect. But what it does do is it raises yet another question. Well, I mean, what? How suitable would this be for an agrarian society anyway? If you have no sunlight <clears throat> on the planet, I, I I have my doubts there. But I, I'm gonna I'm gonna come off as a hypocrite here mm-hmm. in a minute. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up three things from Star Trek, um, three episodes. Okay, Miri, piece of the action, bread and circuses. <clears throat> Okay, you, you know, you see the connection there. I think I am. Yeah, the back okay. lot. Well, no, no, no. The connection is that all three of these are planets that, in they're some very, way,
1: paralleled. They're Earth-like Earth. Yeah, and Earth society-like. Yeah. So
0: <clears throat> we can we can throw a piece of the action out. That's because they got a book and it told them all about Chicago, and so they copied. Right. That. So we're we're fine with that. That one's that one's good. Um, Mary would be
1: perfectly fine if they hadn't made the Earth look like the Earth. Oh, they made such a big deal about it in the very. Opening teaser hey, it's another Earth, I, you know, and we right never get any continents, and, yeah, yeah and we get it. nothing about okay. No, it's all about the illness. Yeah, right. you and I've had this conversation. So, and then we, then you that.
0: have you know they have the town. It looks like 1940s or 50s, whatever. They're using the back lot there at, at Paramount when they were yeah. Desilu or whichever it was, and. You know there's this parallel how did how did this parallel development come about but like i said if they had had the same planet would just it has the exact same land to sea ocean ratio but the continents were shaped differently i would totally buy this and i would have no problem with it and, and then when you get to bread and circuses which they actually do do that as i recall it's it's the exact same mass ratios but the continents look different and it is an exact copy of roman civilization and they talk about hodgkin's law of parallel development or something like right that. and it, and it is is ridiculously far-fetched to believe that you could have the romans and yet i'll take it i accept it in bread and circuses because it is in aid of telling that particular story it's not one of my favorites but it's but it's okay it's like there, there's something to accept it. I cannot take the Western thing in this. And that's why I say I'm being a hypocrite here. This is just too stupid for words.
1: Oh, no, I agree with you totally. <laughs> I, I mean, it really is. There, There is There's absolutely no explanation as to why you have this sort of parallel thing. And then you've got your crime lord who looks like a, a, a really cheap knockoff of a Southern aristocrat who is...
0: Doing a Sydney Green Street. Yeah, I mean, it's pathetic. And... And, you know, I think what they did was they said, all right, we got some Western gear, get out the silver spray paint. You know, make some make some Western hats out of that uh, that shiny stuff we got in the back there, and uh, and it's but I mean, you know every, everything the houses, the rifles, the saloon, the tinkly piano, the batwing doors. Oh, the, the
1: tinkly piano! Did you recognize what it was playing? I didn't know. It's actually Scott Joplin music. Oh, it was no, playing the Pineapple Rag.
0: Ah, see, and how oh. hey, there's another one that's saying and then. Uh you know and the hats the hats oh, yeah. get me more than anything else there's no sun on this planet nope <coughs> none <laughs> so why the hat you know, you could you could make an argument again from this parallel parallel development that's similar. So if you look at say the American West versus the uh the the Mexican West from the same period. You have the same kinds of clothing adaptations, big floppy hats because of the high sun and the you know, and the rain for that matter at some point. But they're not the same. There's just no way that they would have come up with this old West shootout and and it's too much to ask. It's a mm-hmm. it's a slap totally in the face on this one. This one this one is the prime example. I know we go on about it about the the writers not caring to think about this or you the audience. They're just like, "Wouldn't it be cool if if we could save some money by, you know, doing westerny stuff?" And and I and you know, there's there's Shane, there's the the lone gunman who comes into yeah. town and he's The friends, the boy, who, I don't remember if Shane, the boy, and Shane had a father or not, but, uh, you know, it, it, yeah, and to the consternation of mom, and, yeah, uh,
1: so it's not a good story. No, it's a very bad one, in fact. Um, This, this is the one that I was dreading. Um, Luckily, we get, although, I I don't want to jump the time stream, but I know there's going to be some others that, that coming down the road that I'm going to dread just as badly. (laughs) And, and yet I still like this series, and that's
0: hurting me a lot. I didn't—I I honestly, I did not like the West setting. If they could have eliminated the no. West setting, I would have liked this episode a lot better than I did. And in fact, I didn't, I didn't hate it because looking—you know how we, we've had this conversation. Sometimes when you go to these series and you look at them with a critical eye to, to try to do the podcast— and and when I say critical eye, I don't mean an eye to criticize, but to, to think about what's going on in the episode. And and some of the shows that I've loved have fallen apart. This one has always been a lesser episode of Battlestar Galactica to me. And yet at the same time in watching it, there were things that actually recommended it to me. And the biggest one is Apollo is... A remarkably emotionally stable and sound human being. Mm-hmm. You know, he's caring. He's compassionate. He's he's wise. He's good with the kids. He's not violent without reason. In a word, he's boring.
1: But at the same time, he's no, a he's got, really he's, he's, good he's, guy. He he has a very strong moral compass. I mean, you know, again, we now we need to consider the era that this show is coming from. are We're, we weren't quite so cynical, mm-hmm. I think, as a society. Back in the in the 70s, I mean, now, oh, my God, I mean, we, we can't have heroes like that because no one's going to believe them. Right. So, we, so everybody has to be, like, just ridiculously tarnished. And this Apollo is not. I mean, he's very upstanding, uh, does kind of blow his top here and there every now and then. But for the most part, he's a very level-headed guy. Very, very calm, cool, and collected. I mean, with the whole idea, thinking, you know, Red Eye can't be the only silent on this planet. I got to figure out what's going on here. No guns, even though, you know, some of the other townspeople are saying, oh, you can, you can rid us of this Red Eye guy. And he's like, uh, no, no, I have to do this my way. I can't, I have to be peaceful. I have to infiltrate because I don't know what I'm up against. I was like, okay, you know, maybe some of the townspeople kind of got a little frosted with him. And I'm thinking, wow, um, He's playing it smart. He's playing it smart. And, you know, he you could be forgiven
0: when he saw Red Eye out the window for shooting him dead from the window. Yeah. And so now I have a question for you. Could Apollo shoot a Cylon in the back? Hmm.
1: I'm sure he wouldn't do it to a person. Oh, hell no. Oh, no, No. he would never do it to a person. But I don't think he'd have a problem shooting it in the back. Because I think in his mind, a Cylon's not really alive. And yet he went ahead and did the shootout. The old West gunslinger face-to-face shootout. He waited for the Cylon
0: to come out and...
1: Recognize but maybe it. he was trying to make a statement.
0: I don't know. I <clears throat> I don't know. But it just it brought it to my mind. Obviously, the old west shootout thing is a. It's such a cliche. It's a cliche, but it's also a manifestation of the good guy. Right. Won't do anything sneaky, like shoot, draw first, or shoot in the back, or anything like yeah, that.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think. Yeah, because of this one particular setting and story. So yes, this now creates, or it potentially creates an inconsistency within the character. Because I could see, very easily, I could see Apollo shooting a Cylon in the back if it was a, a guerrilla war type situation. He, he'll do it, um, you know, in a fighter plane. Absolutely. And if if there's like, you know, if, if it's like a trench war kind of situation between him and a bunch of colonial warriors, uh, colonial warriors and some Cylons... Heck, yeah. Or if he needs to get past a Cylon, you know, and then if he knows that blasting the Cylon in the back is the only way to get past it in order to, you know, achieve an objective, yeah, he'll do it. I don't think he'd have a problem doing it. But here, we can't have that because here, this is a Western story. So it kind of feels maybe they're putting the cart before the horse in terms of any kind of continuity, you know, but you know, again back to that topic continuity was not really a big issue with sci-fi television or any kind of television at that time so I I could see why they they would say oh no well for this episode no he has to be the decent honorable man mm. we can't afford to have him shoot red eye in the back because then we can't have him be our hero you know and then you can't have him write that and, and then he can't deliver that speech to um pupus <laughs> pupus <laughs> yeah pupus exactly Pucus. Uh, he, can't, he can't give him that speech.
0: Oh, the one at the end about not relishing in death and, and being right. scared and doing just do what I did what I, I wanted I mean, to do, but it was like,
1: yeah. Yeah, because if he had done it this sneaky way, if Apollo had taken the advantage and shot Red Eye in the back, then he can't give that speech. Because you've just tarnished Apollo's image. But by making him have the honorable shootout. Except that they're not killing anything. It's a Cylon. It's a robot. I know. <laughs> Again, which is why I say that tech, theoretically, he would have no problem having, um, having shot a Cylon in the back. Because it's, it's not... I mean, even, even the, 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 the drones, they're not AI. Not in the slightest... I mean maybe the Imperius leaders got some kind of AI going. Maybe even maybe even Lucifer. Uh, I but but the, the, the drones, the pilots, I don't think there's any AI going on there. They're running strictly ec- off a of program. Except for uh oh and Oh yeah, they they do have some really goes, weird expressions like And he up, goes yeah. he goes all paranoid
0: when Apollo tries to make friends with him. Remember that? Yeah. I mean he's like, Yeah You're trying to you're gonna try to kill me and I'm gonna uh, uh, uh. I was like, okay see I think it, it comes back. I don't know whether we're supposed to take any meaning out of that or not, but the uh- oh it's just like how can you take that
1: as anything else other than you know oh yeah shit. <laughs> yeah oh yeah, and there's an and there will be another one coming up that I, I I'm gonna jump the streams here so so audience please forgive me, but there will be a moment. In a later episode, not too far down the road, if my calendar is correct, where a Cylon will tell Baltar, I really think you need to look out the window, sir. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And and I I remember then, back then, when I saw it, I kept thinking, what? And and that's when it really, I mean, I don't really remember the uh uh-oh back when I first saw this, but... That line I remember, mm. and and I immediately began to think there are others. You're not writing this very well. There there are going to be others throughout the course of these. I don't doubt it at this point. Yeah, but I'm beginning. But um, this is the. F- I mean, uh, the one that I'm referring to is the first one that I really recall. I don't yeah. remember. Although the uh oh yeah, I remember that from watching that yesterday. And and I kept thinking that is very atypical. They're writing at them. As it as should be got personality. Yeah, and they shouldn't.
0: Unless they're trying to tell us that they are more than more than the sum of their parts. I mean, they haven't said otherwise. I mean, they've been thousands of years evolving, if you will. Mm. It's, you know, since the beginning of the, the, the colonial war, and who knows how long before that the Cylons became. I, I don't know. It, it's just... You know, do, do, do what we see as being these moments where you think there's, there's a little bit more there. That Cylon is recognizing his potential material demise <laughs> coming very quickly in a situation he wasn't expecting. And he's expressing surprise and, and dread or, or whatever you want to say. And would that humanize it in the eyes of the colonials? Because they seem to be very
1: much, no, they're robots. Right. And is that denial? Or well, again, now, I don't know. Now, uh, I'm going to, okay, being that you brought that up, I am going to really play devil's advocate here and say that, and, and pose the Crucifer's idea. I'm advocate? Say, no, yeah, very funny. Uh, I'm going to pose the, I, the thought that maybe the writers were really thinking way ahead of their time. Because right now, 1977, we're still in the heart of the Cold War. It's it's all a case of us against them. Everything was about dehumanizing the enemy that was our culture so that it would be easier to kill the enemy um, it's still our culture <laughs> it still is but we're but with the cold war going on and you could make the argument that um even though it wasn't intended uh again Battlestar Galactica was actually meant to sort of be a parallel to Mormon theology and the whole book of Mormon thing but I could see people um and maybe even Don Belisario, he he worked on this episode i could see them wanting to make this some kind of really maybe the whole uh, colonials versus uh the cylons being the u.s versus the ussr kind ooh, of thing ooh, ooh,
0: ooh, wait and you know what where did the mormons spend a lot of their time in the in the woods. in the old west Ta-da! there's your answer there's your answer that's why this is that this is why this is an
1: old west town although no it's that's not it no but it, <laughs> it sounds good well, that doesn't explain the bar, but oh, it does. Oh, hell to know.
0: <laughs> But uh, yeah, and it's like, yeah, yeah. Oh, I forgot to mention ovines. Oh, Ovines, yeah. that's the other thing. They, I mean, we have lupus, which looks a lot like lupus! a wolf. Lupus! Which and looks a lot yeah, like a wolf.
1: Looks like a wolf, although sounds like a monster from Lost in Space. Yes, and the, the horses. The sound, lupus, like a, sound like a dog. Yeah, the horses
0: make funny dog noises. I thought that was amusing. I Actually, I liked that. I actually liked that where you take an animal
1: we know and then, and then change its sound. Add a new sound. like... Okay. I will I will admit I thought that was interesting, but I was taken out of the moment like, like that's really really easy to do with with the lupus and that side because the first thing that came to my mind was did did uh Universal do Lost in Space I don't recall and then you've got the
0: huge tail wagging on the lupus too like he's like are you gonna feed me because I'm I'm a happy dog yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was just going like mad when he was running along there he's, that was a happy wolf. <laughs> doing the thing but ovine so ovine is sheep right and yeah. you know the history of the old west um uh i i am i'm amazed uh sometimes when i talk to pe- uh friends in in all, like australia uh there or or england they're all like well why don't you have lamb there and you know i mean we, yeah a, we do have lamb but lamb is not a significant part of anyone's diet in the United States, and part of it is because of just how much the cattle farmers hated the sheep farmers mm-hmm. in the Old West. I mean, these were the these were the 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 range wars or the cattle wars, oh yeah, or the, whichever war it was. But I mean, sheep farmers were not welcome in the Old West, and they lost, and they were very much um, looked down upon because they were typically poorer immigrants too. So you know, y- you get the whole stereotypes of the of the the I don't want to call them a Native American because that's not right, but the older white English descended or, you know, long enough American descended cattle farmers and cattle barons versus like the Irish immigrants who are can afford a few sheep and, and running a flock. And I mean, it's all it, it it's all so completely only the United States and only that moment in history and only that moment in time and yet here it is writ large in the middle of Battlestar Galactica in this Old West thing it's right down to that they couldn't even come up with an imaginative thing other than their sheep farmers mm. right it just it's like wow they must have, they I swear they must have lifted this script from somewhere you Not know surprising. from some other show that they had and they're like oh I was doing this western but let's uh, land a ship and uh yeah make him a robot and ta da <laughs>
1: Well, saved a lot of time on that one <laughs> well it's not surprising and especially as you said i mean if this if this is one of these episodes that they had to just you know it's a padding episode to yeah. pad out the whole series because he's like we were supposed to be mini series, and oh my goodness we've just gotten the green light for a to whole go a full series so now we need to come up with a bunch of extra stuff uh i mean i know we got another two-parter coming up like really soon if not right out out, out right next i can't recall i don't think uh, next <laughs>
0: I think the next one is the long patrol, which is not, but uh, I think think I be wrong.
1: I can't recall. Um, I'd have to look that up. But uh, nonetheless, you've you've got them like scrambling Mm -hmm. to try to. uh, You're right. It is long patrol. It's the one after that patrol. Yeah, Uh, they're scrambling to come up with storylines. To fill these things out. So, you know, they probably figured out, okay, we've got a two-party here. You know, we got all these things that we're supposed to make up for these, this mini-series. Okay, so instead of running them as two-hour episodes or two-hour, you know, um, mini-movies, whatever you want to call them, we'll break those up into two parts. But now we need all these other little things to fill it up, you know, yep. and so now they're scrambling and I think by the by virtue of this one being the first one, it, mm. it's the one that suffers the most in terms of writing quality.
0: It really does suffer. You, you just really feel the drop off from the last episode. Where It's as a you huge said, drop off. World building and epic in its, or at least attempted epic in its scope. And then this one is very small and it's very personal and it's very derivative and it's, but it does have, uh, it does like I said, it does have a few things in it that, I, that, that are worth it. And I, I do want to bring one about Apollo. Apollo, like I said, I I uh, greatly ad- admire almost everything Apollo does in this episode. Almost everything in this episode. Uh-huh. There's just one thing. Halfway through it, he's talking to Pupus And suddenly he remembers, wait a minute, I got a son. Oh, yeah. He's like, he's completely,
1: he looks like he's settled in for a lifetime with mom and the he boy. He does. And then it's like, oh, wait, I can't oh, yeah, do I that because I, I have a boy.
0: Oh, darn. I'd forgotten all about him. Oh, ho it's like, I realize he's only been Boxy's dad for, you know, A an hour. A short time.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Since yesterday. <laughs> it's like, uh, time for another patrol. Okay. Um, but, uh, yes, that part didn't feel right. He, he settled in way too fast. And then suddenly, you know, the, the sort of Boxy moment slapped him. And, of course, another one happens right at the end, too, where he's giving that speech to Poopus. And his first thing is now listen here, boxy yeah. And mom sees that and and she's she's double moved by that speech. One, she's moved by the speech, because what he said is true and he sets the kid right, hopefully, about killing and and the situation, and at the same time she can see he's projecting his son on the boy. And, and you know, that's when she suddenly remembers, Oh yeah, my husband's ship might have fuel in it. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, up to that point, you kind of think maybe she's trying to keep him around because she needs a new husband.
1: Uh, her motivations are not entirely clear on this one. Yeah. Because yeah. she's telling him to go away. She tells him initially to fly away. Mm-hmm. Get out of here. Go, 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 go.
0: Yeah. Well, I can't. Any fuel? Oh, well, uh, I could tell you where my husband's ship is. It might have some fuel in it. Ah! <laughs> right there if you want to get rid of him. But no. So, yeah, I, I was a little confused on that Um, I, I, I'm just going to ask the question, when did they start going on patrols by themselves and why on earth would their lead fighter be in patrol three? Just last (sighs) week they were doing patrols in pairs. Yeah. Which, you know, makes a whole lot more sense, but because Cylons and why wouldn't he be with Starbuck, his wingman? Because Cylons, Cylons, it's all a trick. I got the impression that he was supposed to have been caught out by the Cylons while he was out on patrol, and that was his, as opposed to, yeah, I don't know. Um, okay, Starbuck and Boomer and Foster Fatherhood. Yeah? What would you think about that whole sequence with Boxy and, and Blue Squadron and, and Starbuck and Boomer?
1: Well, I thought it was cheesy as all anything. But on the other hand, I thought, it, th- there. Was, I, I'm going to say that in spite of the fact that it was just saccharine cheesy just made your teeth rot mm-hmm. on the other hand i i really liked the idea that you had these other pilots that were going to come together and try to protect this kid they cared they cared a lot starbuck
0: and boomer in particular cared yeah um you know and but but the guys in blue squadron didn't have to put up with this but
1: no but they went along because it's starbuck and boomer and because it's captain apollo it's apollo's kid and yes you know uh Again,
0: what we're getting here is that the people, at least the military, <laughs> are good people. Yeah. Even even if they're, you know, course fighter jock pilot guys, but but they were good people. I mean, they're playing pyramid for jelly beans. Yeah. Um, and being taken to the cleaners uh, <laughs> by Boxy. Well, and apparently drinking that was fruit deliberate. juice. You know, drinking fruit yeah. juice instead of beer so that they can they can hang out with a kid. And I it was sweet. It, you're right. It's kind of saccharine, it but it's, at the same it, time, it's very saccharine.
1: But it's it's sweet, and I think you feel like they it, care about each other. Yeah, you get that. And I think again, you know, this is 70s television. This is it's it's all part of that touchy feely good kind of thing. Which I will admit, if I'm given a choice between what these pilots are doing versus what those in the reboot are doing,
0: mm.
1: I'll watch the 70s one any day because at least these guys have got some kind of. You know, there, there's something virtuous about them. Maybe it's unbelievable, but you know what? I'd rather hang with those guys than with the, the ones in the reboot because those are animals. Yeah, yeah. And
0: so one thing, though, let's talk. Boomer, you know, to me, Boomer is a relatively consistent guy. He's level-headed. He's, he's not, you know, he's not Apollo level, but, but he's like Apollo in waiting almost. He's, he's kind of, he's a solid, good. Very dependable. Dependable guy. Right, whereas Starbuck is the flighty brilliant pilot, but yeah, he's the in it, for himself, in it for himself and and he fakes a lot of um <clears throat> emotional issues, if you will, you know he's got his I don't want to get emotionally attached to women but I'll use them and I'll you know the, this oh well I'm I'm just doing he's another cliche he'll do things that are nice but he'll cover it
1: up as pretending
0: like he's not doing something nice well he's got right? a
1: soft spot but he's got a soft side to him but he doesn't want anybody to know that he doesn't right. want anybody to see that vulnerable side to him but he doesn't so he, do it
0: in this episode he
1: he's, does do it in this episode but I think he feels that he can kind of get away with it because it's a kid
0: you know he just straight up has said hey Boxy we're gonna go take you down to Blue Squadron, and and they just take care of him. There's no, there's no like I've got to come up with a cover story as to why I'm doing this. It's just you know that's my best friend's kid, right? Um, and I. I don't know if we want to say that's out of character for Starbuck, but I. think I don't it's, feel it entirely is. I think it is the character that Starbuck has internally. I mean, it's just out of character that he would not try to
1: pass it off as being, eh, you know, I'm just yeah, the kid. And, uh. Uh, I, I suppose, and I think had it been anybody else's kid, he would have done that. That's but possible. it's Apollo's kid, and given that for a you know, few hours we anyway. just yeah, I mean, we just <laughs> last week said goodbye to Serena. You know so she, her you know she's she's barely buried at this point, so I think he he feels a need perhaps to want to do this for his best friend i mean he's all, he's practically an uncle mm-hmm. to boxy as as things are going at this point. But had it been any other kid, oh yeah, I think he would have passed it off in a cold second. Yeah.
0: Mm. Okay. So another thing that I liked in this episode, and this is, you know, there are these things that I'm just watching. Like I said, with the critical, I'm surprised that I'm liking the things that I'm not that are not supposed to be the story. It's the other stuff going on. Colonel Ty dresses Adama down, and oh, yeah. rightly
1: so too. I Adama. think he was, I, yes, I agree. Adama was really—it's it, almost like he was being harder on that situation because it was Apollo. Had it been anybody else, Adama would have behaved differently. I can't, you know, I can't sanction sending a
0: f- ships out to save my son. What will the fleet think? Like
1: because he doesn't want to look like he's playing favorites. Yep. But in the but in a way, he was just in the opposite way, and that is, you know, I mean, that is a thing that
0: happens. It does in situations like this. There, there's no doubt about it, and you know, he's he's right that somebody might think that. But you know, you've got all apparently all of Blue Squadron but ready that's, to that's go. That's the whole
1: point. If everybody is out there, really, you know, ready to put their own necks on the line just to save Apollo, then Adama really needs to get off his freaking high horse and say, "Okay, yeah, go for it." Uh, I mean, I could see if if um, if if there hadn't been that kind of support among the fighters, among the fighter pilots, I could see him not wanting to do that because I don't want to put the fleet at risk. I don't want anybody else in the fleet to think that I'm doing this for my son, you know, and, and jeopardize his position. Well, you, you don't want to think that leader. one of the,
0: the fighters has been sent to his death because of it. Right. You know, it's like uh, Jolly, go get my son. Uh but I could die. Hey, my son, go. You know, yeah, you you can see that, but that's not the case here. Not the case at all. And it also this make Colonel Ty, again, is not a cipher here. There's there's something to Colonel Ty. We've seen in the last few episodes. There's a there is a burgeoning little personality in that character. There is that is He's a good man. He's sometimes a little more practical than Adama, but he's also, you can see how he got to be second in command.
1: Yeah. He's, he's a, yeah, he, he, has, he has the leadership quality to, to get out there, you know, um, make a stand on something, take that risk. I mean, because to be a commander of some sort or to ascend through the ranks of being a commander, you have to have a certain quality of risk-taking. You just can't play it safe all the time. All right, and I, now we're seeing Ty, you know, he's – because, you know, that's kind of a dangerous thing. I mean, granted, he knows – I mean, he, we understand from uh, the first episode, the pilot, that Ty and Adama served together as fighter pilots. Mm-hmm. So there's obviously a long, long long-term friendship there, which puts Ty in a great position to be able to, you know, put his neck out there and say, "Adama, you are outright wrong." Yeah, yeah. There's no doubt about that. But you do, you do get it. But at least
0: there's somebody there, and I feel like that, you know, were Adama, I can see how if Adama were damaged or harmed, that a Ty would be competent to lead
1: the fleet. Absolutely. But at the same, we see that happen.
0: But at the same time, he hasn't got the mystique around him that adama does as the surviving remember of the council and the you know adama is higher up than
1: ty oh much quite a bit and well i I, i'm gonna say something kind of weird here adama and this is gonna sound kind of this is gonna sound strange so bear with me but Adama, in some really weird way, has the mystique of, like, Kirk in Star Trek. You know, a name that everybody knows, a name that everybody kind of goes, ooh, about. You know, um, you know, Klingons, you know, they hate Kirk because of what he can do. Starship commanders, they all recognize as Kirk as being one of the best captains in the entire fleet. Blah, 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 blah. That kind of... Um, there's a certain mystique level to that, and I th- I think part of that is uh, a personality thing. Um, gravitas, yeah, the, yeah, maybe. Um, and and Adama. Oh, when it comes to gravitas, Adama's yeah. got that in spades. Exactly, he does.
0: So yeah, yeah. There's 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 you would wonder, you know, even if Adama is. We, we allude to this, but, you know, I mean, if Dadama were killed halfway through this show and
1: Ty took over, I could see there being problems.
0: I mean, I think would, we've already seen... They would seen, initially
1: follow him, but, yeah, there would... He, I don't think he'd be able to get quite everybody in line. Not the you know. civilians. It's no, the civilians no, you No, no, um, unless... Although at that point, no. Although I see Ty as possibly having the potential and we I think we're getting that a little bit here and there. Ty has that potential to actually then grow into that role. I mean he's just not gonna automatically assume the mantle and, and everybody will just, you know, fall on their knees and say, Yes, we'll follow you wherever you go. Um, he's got to assert himself and become that leader. He's gotta grow into that part and or you know, grow into that, that position. And I think Ty has that ability to do so. But um, until he does, no, not everybody is going to you know, fall in line right off the bat. Not like they will with Adama. Hmm. I mean, we get that in the, f- in the very first episode when they land on Caprica. You know, and there's all the screaming. you know, They're about to lynch Apollo and everything. And all of a sudden, Adama shows up and is like, ooh, God just walked yep. into the room. Yep, big, big name. Um,
0: I think part of it, though, well, in that is also that they realize just how, you know, how much has hit the fan if Adama is standing there in the wreckage of his house. Right. You know, that's, um, it's kind of interesting
1: that they don't recognize Apollo as Adama's son, though. Yeah, he, you'd think he might get some of that. I think he gets that mystique among the crew of the Galactica. Probably, yeah. But you go outside of that, and he's just another pilot. mm Okay, um, I don't have
0: too much else. I, I don't have, I have one other observation. Um, in my, in my praise of Apollo, I forgot there was one other thing that I should, uh, blast him on. Oh dear. Apparently he promised Fella and Pupus that he'd come <laughs> back someday. Yeah,
1: what's all that about? You're not coming back, dude. You're, That's you're not coming happened. back, buddy. You are going the other, yeah, I, in fact, <laughs> he said, he said he'd come back and I blurted out, never going to happen. Yes, he promised he'd come back. Never going to happen. Are you looking forward to it, Mom? I'm looking forward to when he comes back. Never going to happen. Not happening. Nope. No. And he should know he's that. He's going I mean, the other way. Yeah,
0: and it's just like, you know, we've spent the entire episode with him talking about how Starbuck and Boomer, you know, can only be out there for so long, and then the fleet's gone forever, and that's the end of it. So if Apollo gets back to the fleet, he's that's never it. coming back.
1: Yeah, what was that all
0: about? I don't know.
1: I I, I think that was a, that's a terrible lie to tell them. It. He, I mean, we never saw... Saw him say that, but I have a hard time believing that both Puppis and his mother would actually kind of echo that sentiment yeah. if he hadn't said it. If he hadn't said it. Yeah. So he must yeah. have said it off camera. But ooh, shame on you, Apollo. Yeah, well, when they found the ship
0: and got the fuel and filled it up in the in the weeks or months, however long it took them to do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can just see Apollo. I'll be back. <laughs> yeah.
0: So, yeah. Well, there's not the enough fuel in here, so I probably can't make the fleet anyway. So I'll be back in a couple Maybe of that anyway. was it. Maybe. Yeah,
1: be a couple, yeah I'll, be, I'll be back in a couple of sentons. If I can't get them, I will come back.
0: <laughs> so you got anything else on this? Um, it's always night. It's always night. Don't need those hats. It's always Unless, night. unless that moon burn has got to be really fierce. Yeah. <sighs> And I think, well, I think at one point um, when Apollo goes into the bar the first time and they try to get old Red West to to pick a fight with him. um, ah, It's always good to see Red West getting a job. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Ever since he got his big break on Wild Wild West. (laughs) Right. But... um, uh, you know, he, he flatters up, uh, Lacerda and says, well, I was looking for a job and you know, and, and you're like, looking okay, to I'm impress sure. you, buddy. And I think Lacerda says, come back tomorrow. Oh God, in the worst way, come back tomorrow. tomorrow. <laughs> and I should introduce you to my friend, Mr. Biggs. <laughs> <laughs> yes! He should be holding a cat! <laughs> And my friend, Mini-Me. Me, me.
1: <laughs> he just, he's, he yes. is such a cliche. It's
0: terrible. Is, I mean,
1: I expect him to say, and I went to a million dollars. But if there's no daylight, what's come back tomorrow mean? Good question. <laughs> hadn't, yeah, you're right. I, hadn't thought, had, I mean, you assume there's a tomorrow, but we only see night.
0: Yeah, and I, I kind of vaguely have there was some I, I don't know. I feel like there was some comment about bringing the animals in or uh, lupus raiding at night or something. But it's yeah, always like night. That. It's yeah. always night.
1: So the lupus is already, always always always
0: raiding. Yeah, he's always out there hunting for stuff. Sorry. All right.
1: And I guess there's more. Oh, I guess that's the only lupus. <gasps> Pupus. Oh, oh,
0: There is. I Pupus, say,
1: you just made a species go extinct. I,
0: I, I actually want to say something about the lupus forgot so we have the scene where the boy takes his pneumo rifle and goes out after the lupus which we understand he's been doing for some time mm-hmm. right the lupus is killing things he's trying to defend it mom's terrified that the lupus is going to kill him because that's what wolves do and um the boy gets out there and he's he's hunting it down and apollo comes back and she's like Oh, He's out there, the wall of the thing, and Apollo's right, right. I'll go get him, and he's off to get him. And any other show, any other show, mm-hmm. Apollo would have saved that boy.
1: Yes, I didn't. He didn't. I, he didn't know this time the boy did it.
0: Did it on his own. Yeah, and I think Apollo was probably close enough. He could have pulled his bacon out if if it had gone wrong. But the boy did it on his own. Apollo's presence there was absolutely unnecessary. Right. It was just. In to fact, give the I boy forgot about that. The <clears> opportunity <throat> to kill, so that. So that Apollo could give him that give him speech, the speech at the, at the end, end of the, the episode about killing. You have, to un- you have to have killed to understand what he was trying to get for. So, um, but it was you know, a, 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 an interesting move in that episode. Yeah, I thought so as well. All right. Well, I think we've already established that when we look at the next episode of Battlestar Galactica, it will be the long patrol, which I only remember a little bit about it. Ex- I'm just thinking. I don't remember much about it. I was thinking it's the exact same episode with Starbucks, but uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> um, you
1: know. And then do we have one the next week with Boomer? No, because Boomer never gets a big part anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I tell you, Jolly. I mean, his role is being like seriously diminished. I mean, oh, as, go, go ahead. I was just say as episodes go on and on and on and on and on, we're going to see less and less and less and less of him. And I'm not talking about his physical stature. No. So. One of the things about Battlestar Galactic that's always amused me over the
0: years is that you have the opening credits, right? With a big, sweeping, bold music. Yeah. And then when you come back after the commercial break or after the opening credits, then you have the, the extended opening the credits. Yes. Where they list all the people, which, as I recall, by the end of the series goes on about 12 and a half minutes
1: yeah, this is, um, the episode's almost over.
0: So I'm from now on. I'm going to start counting them. So in this episode, there are seven faces put up on the screen of you know like Jolly and Boomer and Cassiopeia and Athena.
1: And, and boxy. And boxy, right. And I, I think even Ty gets... He has that Ty too. is on that one, is, uh, I believe, is, is on in that In fact, the there. only ones who are not that I can think of are our are, are top three. Adama, Apollo, and Starbuck. Everybody right. else, their credit comes at, comes later.
0: Right. They come in. They come in. So there were seven in this episode. And I think it's going to be 20 to 30 uh, by oh the time. God. And that doesn't include our guest stars. The guest stars come after the secondary main cast. And they don't get pictures. So we're just looking at the seven people. So seven this episode let's see how that goes uh down the line yay yay (laughs) well ben thank you for joining me oh a pleasure and listeners, i do hope you'll join us all again next time on fusion patrol cheers fusion patrol is a lone locust production like us please consider becoming our sponsor at patreon.com fusion patrol we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on itunes Stop by and visit us at our website, fusionpatrol.com. Search for us on Facebook under Fusion Patrol. Check out our Twitter handle, at Fusion Patrol. Or just send us an email at feedbackfusionpatrol.com. At Please come join the conversation. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf.